Everything's frozen. I'm wondering. No, it's not. No, it's, it's not. not. It's not. Are you really? Okay. All right. As always, I'm your host, Matt, and with me tonight is the Ravishing Wonder, Ryan. That's right. Um, I was the last one in the in the uh, Starbucks Squid Game. So here, so here I am. <laughs> oh Lord. Um, and uh, I, I believe we might be joined by Wild Thing Mike Cesar here in a bit. Um, potentially, if he can get his house in order. And by that, I mean like he's trying to buy a house. So best of luck to him. Hopefully he's able yeah. to come on. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we have a lot to talk about tonight. We got some news to catch up with. We are not going to talk about draft picks today. There's going to be a whole separate video of that tomorrow. Uh, well, at some point this week to discuss uh, all the draft picks, how high I rate them, all these wonderful things. We'll have some fun with it. Uh, it'll be it'll be it'll be entertaining. You know, I'm about it. So uh, very excited, very very excited. It could be a lot of fun. But uh, we we got some potential draft news that just literally popped up. I don't know, five minutes ago, ten minutes ago. Yeah, per PW Insider, um, uh, the uh, last United Kingdom champion, Walter, is currently in the United States. So it will be very interesting to see if maybe he ends up a uh, main roster stay. We're very curious, honestly, especially with how documented it is that he doesn't want to move. Yeah, now I know in that same breath, because there were other cited sources in the uh, Twitter post that I saw um, is that internal talks uh, with Walter about coming to you to the United States have been going on. Um, so that'll also be, oh man, don't get drafted to Raw. <laughs> because you yeah. think in your mind like, hey, Karrion Cross is on Raw. Oh my gosh, Walter's going to be on Raw? Wow, we might get Karrion Cross versus Walter? Uh, no. It's not going to be like NXT. <sighs> no, sorry. Not like NXT 1.0. Okay, so we also... I'm going to give a shout-out yeah. to here to Anna Blompied, who just put out for uh, Parts Unknown. That's a, yep. a pretty great pretty great site with a lot of good stuff, uh, wrestling content-wise. I mean, this is like the fourth or fifth time NXT has been rebranded. Yep. Like, this isn't 2.0. Like, we, we've been here. We've done this. This is before. like 5.0. You remember when we were a game show? Pepperidge Farm. <laughs> you, you, you remember when this is American Gladiators, but with two, yeah. two random indie guys? <laughs> remember when Loki was on this? 
Uh, that's he was scumbag. Caval. Yeah. Caval. <laughs> yeah, what why? A horrible name. Hey! Oh my God. We got a wild thing here. <clears throat> We've made it. Uh, hey. Uh, to the voice of God. Um, yeah. When, I appreciate putting the work in here real quick. When, uh, like when, here. When, I'm sorry. When Caval came up to the main roster, he didn't win any matches. Yeah, I believe I believe he um, um no he didn't he didn't get one like count out victory over Wade Barrett because then he challenged no him. no if so it was on like uh like a like a C show I'm talking specifically SmackDown or Raw um the only reason I know this is because my boy Marky D one two three the one that um, hooked me up with all the Ring of the Hawk stuff um just did a Ring of the Hawk on Caval it's pretty oh, awesome that's pretty dope. Mike, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. Doing good. <laughs> I'm about to say, I know we got you running in here. You're trying to buy a house. Well, all respect to you. Happy man on here for the show. I appreciate you, brother. Oh, I'm doing all sorts of stuff. It's <laughs> I'm everywhere between work, the whole house hunting, and you know, training for my next competition and trying to yeah. pick up another job. So it's just like I'm everywhere. <laughs> I, uh, I hear you're trying to give Mark Henry a run for his money as world's strongest man. Shit. Mark Henry is legitimately in strongman power strength community. To this day, has done stuff that no one has ever done. So I'm not going to touch him. <laughs> <laughs> I would. I would touch him. <laughs> oh lord. All right. So. Um... Dad, I feel like I had some other news to go over here other than Walter potentially being drafted. Um, but I, I can't think of it, so I'm going to go ahead and just send it right away to Ryan. Hit us with mm -hmm. that G1 update. Thank God. Um, I've been so just on just a high from, from this whole G1. Um, it's been a phenomenal tournament, as always. Um, I'm going to hit you with night nine results, which is A block, and night 10, which is B block results. Um, and then I'll give you um, totals afterwards. Um, starting with night nine with A block, um, only going over the tournament matches. Um, Kenta over Great Okan. Uh, Tongaloa over the Tokyo Pimp. Ishii over Zack Sabre Jr. in a stunner for me. And Ibushi over Shingo. Um, so outside of Naito, who we've discussed already who has um, who had to withdraw due, due to a pretty bad knee injury. Um, we have Zack Sabre Jr., Great Okan, Kenta, and Andy Bushi all at eight points. Uh, Shingo, Ishii, and Toriyano all at six. Uh, Tokyo Pimp and Tongaloa at four. Um, we'll just jump to 10 block and then get reactions. Uh, night 10 for B block um, in what I can only what I can only describe to you as something that if it didn't make me poop myself, this would have done so. Um, Hell has frozen over Chase Owens over Hiroshi Tanahashi, uh, Evil over Tamatanga, Jeff Cobb over Tai Chi. Uh, Goto over Yoshihashi and Okada over Sonata. 
Um, so at the top of that block, we have Jeff Cobb and Okada with 10. Evil with 8. Uh, Tanahashi with 6. Sonata and Taichi with 4. And then all lumped together at the bottom, which I believe eliminates some of these people. Uh, Tamatanga, Yoshihashi, Chase Owens, and Goto all with 2 points. Um, yeah, so... We have one, two, three, four matches left. Yeah, no, three matches left. Sorry. <sighs> three matches left for each person. So that would actually eliminate all those guys that have two points, essentially eliminating guys that have four points in B block, but not in A block. So, um, guys, it's the best, like, 970 you can spend. I... It's it's changed for me every month. I've never paid the same for New Japan World back-to-back -back months since I've had it for like two to three years now. Um, never in two months straight have I paid the same because of the conversion rate. Um, it's 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 nine ninety nine yen, but they convert it and like one month is like nine sixty two, one month's like nine seventy eight, and I'm like eh, that's fine, like cents and cents, but. Um, Guys, it's it's the best money that you could possibly spend. Get on it, catch up with this incredible tournament, and then wonder why the Forbidden Door isn't further open. I think Sonata's eliminated. Because he could if there's only three matches left. He can Sonata only... has four points. So like I said, some of those guys have four points. Uh, and yeah. B block would be eliminated. So I haven't done the actual bracketology on it yet. Or sorry, yeah. the blockatology. Um, but yeah. It's um it's gonna it's gonna be a photo finish, I think. It's gonna be uh right down to right down to the last night because we have because um because Great Ocon does not have a match uh for for the A block final because it was supposed to be Naito. Um, but we're going to get Kotobushi Kenta, uh, which I think may or may not decide the tournament. Um, is, and is then there any way Shingo wins this whole thing, still? Um, he's behind, like yeah, two no, he wins behind. Points. He has, he has to, oh no, he's actually one win behind. Um, I think Junior Kenta Okan. Um, Uh, yeah, I mean, it's possible. Um, he actually has four matches left, um, uh, which I think that might be an oversight, but some people do have four, so it might not be. Um, yeah, the whole, um, yeah, the whole, uh, you know, Naito pretty much leaving the tournament and forfeiting everything throws all these points and everything into a frenzy until it gets closer to the end. I, like, genuinely don't know who's going to win. And, and I, I feel like in past years, like, seeing the names and everything, I feel like you kind of go one way or the other. Um, some of the guys here at the top, and, and, and they might not make it to the finals. I mean, Zack Sabre Jr. is having a great tournament. He, I don't think he's going to win the whole thing. He might, though. I mean, New Japan's got a lot of love for him. 
everyone knows yeah. my opinion with him. But yeah, and my only thing with him is outside of Bullet Club, who's your next kind of top heel right right now? Um, which I mean, not there. <laughs> well, yeah, and that's and that's and that's Will Ospreay. Um, so I think in the short term that could be. Um, be, because New Japan has shown they're not afraid to do um, a heel versus heel matchup. Um, that could be um, that could probably be something you write in. Um, Zach Zach Saber Jr. should win based based on his tournament and wins. I mean, he has wins over Kota Bushi. He has a win over Naito that put him out of the tournament. He has a win over Shingo. Um, this could also be um, a way for Zack Sabre Jr. to kind of solidify himself at the top of the card. Honestly, I mean, not not like he hasn't, but I think the top has been so crowded for so long, and I think that now the opportunity with Osprey cur- currently working New Japan strong um, and really the United Empire just kind of there – they're both at the top of the they're both at the top of the standings, honestly. Yeah. Um which I mean, Cobb's had be... a great showing. O'Connor's had a great showing. I love Jeff. Jeff Cobb. God bless. Uh Jeff Cobb. And see, when you look at the blocks side by side, block A is much more loaded than block B. Um Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Which you know, would make the case that the winner's coming out of A. Um, unless the story is that whoever makes that A had the harder road to get to the finals. Yeah. Okay, so I have flip-flopped on this a thousand times. Um, Wrestle Kingdom, have they confirmed it's going to be three nights now? Is that official or is that just a word? Uh, I believe so. I believe that's... Um, I think right now it's two... There, there was something going around about Wrestle Kingdom going to three nights. Agreed. Yeah, uh, it is. No, it is confirmed for, for three nights. It's weird though. Um, it's the fourth, the fifth, and then the eighth. Ooh. Huh. Yeah, I don't know what that eighth date is yet because it's not because it's not at the Tokyo Dome. Um. So I... very. I almost wonder if they just said that New Beginnings is just going to be the third night of of WrestleMania. Uh, okay, well, here, here's my thought. Because, I mean, if all three of those are in the Tokyo Dome, stacked, obviously. Um, you got to have a big – I mean, main event-wise, this, this becomes a little bit harder. Yeah. Um, I'm going I'm to give you this, the – I don't know. I'm kind of conspiracy. I'm a fancy book. This, in my my estimation here, um, yeah. kind of have the feeling that Okada is gonna win. Um, because I feel like you kind of need a big name stake mm-hmm. at the top of the card. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and if it was still two nights, I was gonna tell you, first night is Osprey Shingo for for the you know whoever is the real champ and Okada's mm-hmm. and, and take it whoever it is. Um, the three nights, three nights makes that harder. Yeah, I think I think what's so difficult about it is 
the fact that that third night is not even close to the other yeah. two, two nights. And it, it, it makes it, I feel very hard to speculate on Wrestle Kingdom. And yeah, I, I'm gonna take some flack. I'm gonna take you some won't. flack for it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get you some heat. Always, you kind of always do, but go ahead. Um, I don't know if New Japan currently has the roster to do three nights of Wrestle Kingdom. Nah, I love New they Japan. do. Do they? They do. Like, like they do, especially since there's a two night break in between. Sure, but we're gonna have repeat guys. We're gonna repeat. Don't forget. Hey, don't forget. There's a great chance you're gonna have Moxley on the card. Good chance you'll have Lance Archer on the card. Potentially Chris Jericho on the card. Okay. So the forbidden door is open to filling the gaps you need to get to three nights worth. But I understand what you're saying though. Is that looking okay. on the surface, it looks it it's looking a little thin. Yeah, and I guess there's the argument of New Japan Strong being an addition to it as well. I mean, maybe maybe Strong has its own night of Wrestle Kingdom, but I would kind of hope that they would include it into in, into it. Well, and then here's the thing as well: tra- will they be able to travel to Japan? I think now the word is, is that that's going to be able to be a thing here soon. Now, if it is, then I'm totally open for that. Um, the way I see it is that, I, and I really want Naito to be ready for that, but I don't think he will be, which is kind of upsetting. Um, it, well, I mean, there's it happened in September, so just, right? I'm not crazy. Uh, no, you're not wrong, but it is his left meniscus and MCL. That is. That is uh, interesting. It, it will be a very tight window if he is able to. Yeah. Um, I would almost say hold off and let him kind of recover on his own accord. But I Unless mean, they give us the John Cena treatment. You're right. New Japan, I don't feel like they do that very often, though. So. Nope. Um, um, I would love to see... I say this because I don't I don't like evil. And I have soured on him so hard since he's since he's joined Bullet Club. Um I would I mean I would be okay with seeing Kenta versus Evil. Um I don't think you need the G1 final to do that. Um but a win for Kenta will kind of platoon him higher up the card. Um we keep forgetting about 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 Kota Ibushi, currently tied for first in A Block. I don't think we um, forget about him. I just feel like we've been there. We've done that. We have. If he uh, wins, it's three. It's three straight years. Mike, why are you upside down? Yeah, are you upside down for a reason. I was about to say. Mike's in. Mike's. I have Mike's no idea down. what just happened. Mike's, Mike's in, in the upside down. Too. <laughs> yeah. Um. um I would love to see Ishii pull this out because that motherfucker deserves it. Yeah, you know, I, I... out of out of all the talent in both blocks, the one that hasn't gotten, um, the, the the one that hasn't gotten, I think the respect he deserves is him. Um, 
he's only one win behind, you know, but I think the thing that kind of restricts him a little bit is uh, he has, he has a loss to Bushi. He has a loss to Kenta. Um, and, but he does have a win over Zach Sabre Jr., um, which is in his favor. Um, so he essentially has to win out to be at the top, which would be a win over Great Ocon, uh, the Tokyo Pimp, and then Toriano, which is possible. Um, I just don't see it happening this year. But, guys, yeah, Ishii is a, is a G1 legend in my eyes. There isn't a bad Ishii match in the G1 that I've seen in the last three to four years. Like, I mean... Ishii, he is like a weird, out-of-nowhere black sheep superstar. Whenever, uh, whenever G1 comes around, he always steps it up. And I love it. Yeah. Um, you know who I wish was doing better than all of hmm. this whole thing? God, I wish Hiroki Goto would get some freaking love. I, I just, I guess my time for Hiroki Goto being awesome and the top card like is over and done. But man, unfortunately, really, really wish we got to see that dude run the world. That would have been nice. Mm, well, well. Some quick news before we get into our big discussion for today. Uh, sounds like Tessa Blanchard has signed with a newly reforming Women of Wrestling. Um, that's come out, I want to tell you, in like the last hour, maybe hour and a half. Um, interesting choice. I, I assume she's going to be the face of that brand when it comes. I mean, it, I think, is a good move for her. I think I think what damage control she's got to put in, this is a good place to do it. I think start to rebuild your brand. Yeah, especially considering so much of it was other other female wrestlers. Um, side so. note: Did you give your prediction for the for the finals? I've not. I've not done that. I, all right, so I guess I have to do this just in terms of long-term, of, of what I think should happen. Um, um, if you want, I will go first. Yeah, go for it. Um, it's going to be Shingo and Okada. Um, you think Shingo's going to pull it out? I think Shingo will pull out A block. I think Okada will stay on top for B block. Okada will win, um, and then this will set up the rubber match for the title to get it back on Okada. All right, I'm gonna hit you with my uh, I'm gonna hit you with my predictions. I got some breaking news. God bless. <laughs> Are you laughing at the same thing that pops up? Yes, uh, I okay. am. Yeah, uh, Mike, you're gonna enjoy this one. So, so my my long term prediction: Zach Saber Jr. versus Okada, uh, mm. with Okada winning. Yeah, that uh, that taxes Okada. And and long term, I think Shingo versus Okada. Is the is the last main event of Wrestle Kingdom 
Breaking news, next-gen wrestling from Tennessee announced for their Nightmare in the Old City show coming up on Halloween night, if you didn't know. Uh, Impact Wrestling's No Way, formerly No Way Jose in the WWE, is going to make his NGW debut. Hey, Ryan? Yeah? What did you establish last time we were in Tennessee is your gimmick? Um... I mean, I was a rich swan guy the last time I was there because I was dancing with him. Uh huh. Um, so does this mean I have to dance with no way? You're yeah, no conga line with no way. Um, I'm actually already petitioning for that. Um, if we need somebody to do so, um, and then they can shuffle me really quickly back to my seat. Um, I mean, I'll and... go from my my seat to it. I'm there. I'm in. I'll do it for free. Now, okay, so. A little backstory. But only if Cody's doing it with me. Yeah. Um, is that I was not a fan of No Way Jose when he was uh, kind of hot-shotted to the main roster. Um, I thought there were other talents on the main roster that deserved a better push at the time. Uh, so I was the biggest No Way Jose hater. Um, he was number one on the list of people that I wish were not on the main roster. Um, then he got released, which nobody wants to see you lose, lose your job. It sucks. Um, but I think that Impact is the perfect avenue for him to be no way. Uh, you know, it, and, you know, it sucks that they have to use um, the crowd and then shuffle them back into the crowd to make it look like the crowd is more full, um, you know, to do the conga line. But I'm all for it. Um, I've already sent a message to Cody and Eddie um, hoping I can get in that conga line. Well, go ahead and petition for me to be with it as well. I don't know. I don't know. I'll see, I'll see, I'll see what I can do. Um, all right. The big conversation, what we what we were bringing into this, uh, the whole thing that we talked about here, someone recently put up on Twitter um, with all of AEW's recent success, the argument of if Sinclair Broadcasting had invested uh, similarly, uh, as Tony Khan had into Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor would be in this position. That's a that is a lot to take in, and I see why one would say that. Honestly, you have a lot of Ring of Honor talent um, showcasing AEW. There's a lot of uh, they're just in general wonderfulness, wonderfulness from Ring of Honor that came over to uh, to AEW. A lot of mainstay of Ring of Honors. The Young Bucks, of course, SCU. Um, Cody was a major player in Ring of Honor, and he left to join AEW. Um, yeah. Hangman Adam Page, arguably the future of Ring of Honor. Um, and I think on the surface, this makes a lot of sense. Uh, before I give any kind of data points on this, let me get your guys' opinion. Do you think Ring of Honor would have been able to do the same thing that AEW had? No. What do you think, Mike? Me, personally, I think so. If they had, like, the, the financial backing like AEW has to get, like, a major TV deal, then absolutely yes, I think they would because more eyes are on the product and more people are going to know the names before they go elsewhere and become like hardcore fans knew who Brian Danielson was 
than who CM Punk was before they went to WWE. And then they grew from there. So if they never had left because they had the financial backing, I mean, I, I don't, I think AEW would not be around because Ring of Honor would be that successful second brand. Okay. Ryan, what's your argument on this? Why do you think no? Um, Ring of Honor has never been um, a a mainstream organization. Um, they've had multiple opportunities. Um, they've always been um, they they've always had the bingo hall esque look to them. And I'm not saying that that's what they are, but um, when you go back and you look at a um, a match like Samoa Joe and freaking you know Kobashi, and you go back and look at that. It just has that. Um, it just has that grunginess to it, I think, and that was always kind of the stigma when Ring of Honor was first getting going. And then um, they're on HDNet for a while, and that kind of cleaned up what it looked like. Um, and now we're kind of in this, um, you know, pre-all in where. You know, you have a lot of big names. You have a lot of traction. Um, and not even, you know, the legendary Kerry Silken, um, you know, can, you know, get the TV deals and, you know, the, and, and as much financial backing as the cons do. And the problem is that after All In, you know, which was, which was, essentially um, helped out by, by Ring of Honor. Um, and it did essentially start um, All Elite Wrestling. Um, I, think, I think you still have those guys leave. Um, I think they can go back to Japan. I think they can go to other organizations. Um, they could have they could have gone to AAA. They could have gone to MLW, which was around at the time. Could have gone to major, uh, Could have gone to NWA. Um, could have stayed in Ring of Honor. I mean, I don't think it's a possibility. But then um, you had guys that left all in and decided to go to WWE. Um, so I think I think it was the perfect storm um, that all of these bigger names left and then what you're exposed to um is what ring of honor should have always been um ring ring of honor is not a clean cut production like wwe um they focus more on the professional wrestling side of it um and i think if you look at their weekly pro programming now um i don't think any any of the bigger names um, you see on AEW and Ring of Honor's current product would change um, like if they were on a television station. Um, I just think the history of Ring of Honor just just overtakes at that point. Um, so let me let me throw out some data points here for you guys to to discuss. Because uh, I think these are very interesting things to point out. Sinclair Broadcast took over in 2011, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, there are a lot of talks of Ring of Honor struggling with money at the time, uh, despite the fact they were putting out some pretty great content, in my opinion. Um, so, yeah, 
Uh, May 21st, 2011, Ring of Honor and Sinclair Broadcast Group announced that Broadcast Carrier had purchased Ring of Honor uh, with Kerry Silken, of course, remaining in an executive role. Wise decision. Um, and that uh, on September 24th, Ring of Honor would launch on all uh, on several Sinclair-owned or operated stations. Um, mainly, this was like the CW or My Network TV. Yep. Um, and it was late on the weekends because they didn't book their weekends. Uh, in 2010, yeah, 2010. Uh, Bleacher Report ran an article asking if death was coming sooner than anticipated for Ring of Honor, um, mainly because a lot of talent were pulled, uh, <laughs> and of course the problems that led to Sinclair Broadcasting taking over. Uh, does anyone know how much money Sinclair Broadcasting currently has in terms of annual revenue and according to 2020? Oh God, I mean. You're, I mean, you're looking at a company um, that is affiliated with the four major networks, including the CW. Um, I would have to say it was in the billions. You would be right. It's $5.9 Yeah. I mean, it's uh, crazy to think that something so uh, that you don't hear every day is essentially a billion-dollar company. So here is an added standpoint to this. CW. Anyone know what is the CW? Yeah. The CW is uh, the CW Television Network. Combination of Sinclair Broadcasting and, of course, Warner Media. Hmm. I will say that... Um... On Sunday, the CW is bringing back Legends of the Hidden Temple. Um, so that should be exciting. I'm very excited for that. But other than that, can you guys name me anything else that happens on the CW? Uh, I think Vampire maybe the Diaries. Show. Vampire Diaries used, used to be on there. Isn't Arrow on there? Flash, all that stuff. Steven Amell. Uh, so yeah. you're saying that we have crossover with a wrestler? Or well, at least uh, a show that a wrestler appears on? That's yeah. a but yes. I mean, Cody's on that show a couple times. I mean, CM Punk is on Heels, and that's Stephen Armel's new show. Also a fact. <laughs> um, but, but here is my initial point. Um, I don't think the CW is that great in terms of a network. Uh, and maybe that's hateful and spiteful of me. But also, obviously, you have a relationship with Warner Media. Uh, you know? There's obviously some avenues we can go there. Uh, let's check some Warner Media run shows or uh, networks. Oh, I don't know. Time Warner. I wonder, wonder who, uh, what, what, uh, you know, wonderful Warner. things we could get from there. Go ahead. I believe uh, is TNT. <laughs> TNT is definitely one of them. Oh, let me get another one. Uh, TBS. Oh yeah, yeah, you're correct. You are correct. Uh, so for the sake of an argument, let's talk about when Sinclair Broadcasting initially took over. In 2011, could Ring of Honor have made the jump from where they were, according to uh, Bleach Report on Death's Doors in 2010, 
to being considered the number two brand in professional wrestling. Uh, can you guys name me any notable uh, free agents from 2011? There's one potential one, but he doesn't become a free agent. Uh, or well, he resigns with the company. I would tell you because there's not really any uh, any competition. But he does drop uh, Ring of Honor on live television. Yes, I'm talking about CM Punk. Now, mind you, all of this I believe happens following uh, following the change from Sinclair, or maybe maybe after. Maybe Sinclair takes over. I'm trying to remember when Money in the Bank was, 2011. May. Was it May? So it would have been the exact same time. Actually, no. Correction. Correction. It was, it was it July. Was, it was actually July. Yep. It was July. Um, um, I was like, I just did a review on that in July. So. Uh, Alvarez versus Meltzer. Jeez, it's crazy that 2011 Money in the Bank is still considered a top search whenever you put money in the bank. I wonder why. Maybe CM Punk mm. draws. Um, mm. CM Punk, I think, is the only notable name at the time who would have been a viable free agent that could have filled the shoes of potentially Chris Jericho coming and joining AEW. I have one other name written down here, but I'm not sure if he could have completely done it, and that's Booker T. Uh, that, that I believe runs around the same time of his time in Impact Wrestling, mm-hmm. which maybe would have, uh, you know, chilled out his name a little bit. Um, but I think there's a lot that needs to be said on Chris Jericho coming and joining AEW in terms of a main stage name coming to the brand. Uh, and additionally, in 2011, while you had some incredible talents along the lines of Tyler Black, uh, Nigel Danielson, uh, Nigel Danielson, Nigel McGinnis, and Brian Danielson were gone already. Yeah, Nigel McGinnis retired uh, towards the end of 2011 because he had just come back uh, to Ring of Honor, uh, which is really unfortunate because he was doing great things in Impact. Uh, Austin Aries. Was still there. And in fact, in 2009, maybe 2010, I'm trying to find the exact date here, Brian Danielson said that if Aries leaves Ring of Honor, uh, it's more than likely that WWE will buy them up and make them a developmental territory. Once again, this is circa 2010. Um, so a lot of wonders about the life of this company in the first place. But let's let's... Take that for what it is. Let's speed it up a little bit here. 2018, I believe, is September 1st, all in. September 1st, 2018, correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, fantastic show. Wonderful, wonderful show. Of course, we I'd do say get the between, Huh? Yeah, I'd say between that and um, the match, or sorry, the all-in card we just saw a few weeks back, you're looking at the you know two of the top five pay- pay-per-views in the last five years i argue it. i mean it was an incredible show it was an ode to independent wrestling as a lot of people put it mm-hmm. um now mind you i think there's a lot that goes into that but i don't think that happens 
Yeah, Rey Mysterio was on that card. Jesus Christ. In, a, in like a six or seven minute long main event because Marty Scurll versus Okada went over longer than 12 minutes. 12 minutes, but yeah. Oh, it did it better felt, than I remember. It felt, well, no, it felt like that because you had, it was the six way, but it was uh, because it was Bandito and Phoenix and him. And then it was versus Ibushi and the Jacksons. So I think yeah, it it's gonna off feel the air as the as their theme music was playing and their hands were raised. Like it was it was very quickly taken off the air. It was, it was very quick. Um Ian Ian Riccoboni cut that off real quick. All right. So uh I don't think Ring of Honor uh, as great of a reason as Ring of Honor had for being a part of that show and being big on that show. Uh, mm -hmm. I think if you want the biggest reasoning as to why Ring of Honor would not have the same success as AEW is look at the Supercard of Honor that happened at Madison Square Garden. Correct. That was an incredible show. Very, very fun show. But what if I were to tell you that uh, they were the least interesting aspect of it? It sounds like you watched an episode of The Ref Bump as of well, late maybe. in order to prepare. Um yeah, you're absolutely right, though. I Jeff and I, <laughs> yeah, Jeff and I did a did a review of this, and going through it, and you look at the grand scheme of things, just on the surface, just looking at the matches they put together, okay, um, ones that were specifically Ring of Honor people. Period. Um, you had the crossover with Cobb and Osprey. That doesn't count. Um, you had Roosh Dalton, Dalton Castle. There's a 15 second squash match. Um, Kelly Klein, Mayu Iwatani. Uh, Kelly Klein is tremendously out of shape here. Um, and then you get the Angelina Love spot, which killed the, the alert, crowd. Which is essentially just Beautiful People 2.0 from a different company. Yeah, you had the six person tag with uh, Flip and Lifeblood versus Bully Ray, Shane Taylor, Silas Young. It was fine. Um, you had the four-way tag team match for all the gold. Doesn't count. Um, and then you had the three-way ladder match, which was uneventful, slow, and even though the right person won, um, it's not who the crowd wanted. So, yeah, Ring of Honor killed this show. Um, and New Japan, I thought, did very well in it as well. Now, Miles I, I want to iterate that I love Ring of Honor. I absolutely love Ring of Honor. Um, but outside of their YouTube show, and, and Todd, I'm going to kind of cut you from this because if anyone's going to know this answer, it's you as a sure. diehard fan. But maybe you won't. Does anyone know what time Ring of Honor comes on television? I'll, I'll opt out for this one. Yeah. Isn't it like, isn't it like 2.30 in the morning? What if I were to tell you that it's not the same night or the same time every week? Oh, all right. So, so it inconsistently changes over the weekend. Uh, they mm -hmm. put it in where they have time, and typically it's late night, uh, which, as we've learned with Rampage uh, ratings, doesn't do well. Love Rampage. 10 o'clock is not a good time to start a wrestling show. Move it to 7. <laughs> um, that would be fantastic. Just a not hot take for you. Yeah, yeah, it's not going to happen, but uh, um, we, we've learned can, that that inconsistency is not great. Um, I want to give you a quote from that card, though, too. Yeah, good um, And this would be Larry Zonka of 411 Mania. 
um, who I chat with on a regular basis, uh, preparing for like uh, referee's discretion, uh, describes G1 Supercard as a tale of two shows with New Japan delivering bangers and a New Japan experience. While Ring of Honor failed and opted to trot out the beautiful people, gave a cold Kenny King another title chance, went too long with Bully Ray, Kelly Klein's title win, and a wasted and wasted a huge opportunity on the biggest platform possible. I could not agree more. Well, I, I would have told you that Kenny King winning the honor rumble would have been fine if maybe we capitalized on him winning the belt at some point. Uh, but that's um, that's gonna tie in to a point I have down the road. Yeah. Um see the honor rumble should have kicked off the show, the main show. Um, you can go back and watch the Honor Rumble on their YouTube channel. Um, so I don't, but but Ring of Honor has, um, you know, this kind of rep, this reputation of putting, excuse me, of putting their Honor Rumble on their pre-show to kind of get you wanting to buy their show. Yeah, you um, get a lot of faces. Kenny King came out to no pop at all uh, because the match before that, which was the dark match, it was Jenny Rose and. Oedo Tai, uh, taking on Anakamura, Stella Gray, and Tsumi Sky um, in a six-minute match. So um, you can't really get warmed up for that. So Kenny King comes out to a cold pop. Um, yep. And when you have older um, kind of part-timers now at this point, um, legends of the sport that are overshadowing Kenny King, um, it's, not, it's not a good look. Well, like I said, that's that is a point for me to make here later. Um, let me real quick go back to Sinclair Broadcasting. This is per Ring of Honor, and mind you, this this article is from 2019, so take it for what you will. It's definitely following uh, the mass exodus that happened with AEW. Um, Sinclair, Sinclair Broadcasting, the parent company of Ring of Honor is a broadcast company with serious distribution in the United States, 162 stations in 79 markets, or 37.5% of U.S. households per ring of honor. That's not a bad number. Um, but here's where this is an issue. In 2019 alone, ring of honor faced a 31% drop in attendance. Now, that's going to happen when you have mass exodus. Uh, but this is going to kind of lead me to my next point in that, uh, uh, and, and once again, I love Ring of Honor. I love Ring of Honor. It's incredible. It's arguably the best in-ring action that happens in a week. Ring of Honor waits too long to pull the trigger. In most cases, dating back to 2011, Dating back to putting the belt on on Tyler Black, now known as Seth Rollins. Dating back mm -hmm. to Dalton Castle. Uh, dating currently to uh, to Kenny King. <laughs> I there mean, Kenny King has so many opportunities and, and has, at this point, had the opportunity to be a main eventer with the Ring of Honor audience. I mean, he was arguably one of the most over guys when we went uh, to Best in the World earlier this year. Um, it was it was rough. Ring of Honor delays heavily 
on rewarding guys who are over big with the fans. Um, I also want to go back and point out to Hangman Adam Page versus uh, <laughs> Punishment Martinez. Best in the world, I believe, circa 2018, yeah? Potentially 2017, but I think 2018. Uh, in the Baltimore street fight. Hangman Adam Page is arguably more over than he has ever been in his life. He is uh, just within reach of his home state. Reasonably should have went over, but did not. Um, my main point here is, is Ring of Honor holds out for a very long time yeah. <laughs> no, you're good. Not you. Oh, gotcha. Um, <laughs> nice. Love it. Absolutely love it. Seeing things that are happening on Raw tonight that I can't wait to yes. talk about tomorrow. That was exactly what I was. Um, um, but I, I want to um, just very briefly, the, uh, this is the most recent uh, television rating I could find for Ring of Honor television. November 25th, 2015. Okay. Now, whether that be because they do not draw enough, whether I just didn't look deep enough, um, whatever have you, um, the two matches they had, it was Jay Diesel and Donovan Jijak in a tag team match versus Michael Elgin and Moose. Um, and then the main event was Roddy Strong, Jay Lethal for the TV title, which, guys, go check out our Best in the World 2015 review. Uh, um, Roddy Strong, Jay Lethal at this point in time have been building for months. And this, and just at this point, Roddy Strong at the height, honestly, of his Ring of Honor career, and Jay Lethal at this point, a mainstay. Uh, a world champion by this point. And that drew 141,000 total viewers. And this was when they were on Destination America. You're muted. Yeah, I see that. I, I realized I, I did that when I opened my drink here. I didn't want to <laughs> disrupt the people. Um, let me give a very specific example that will probably be met with a mixed reaction at this point. Uh, with the current state of him in professional wrestling. Marty Skrull was one of the most over individuals in wrestling. We're not talking about any of his current uh, <laughs> issues. We're not talking about any of that that's happening currently. We're talking about circa 2019 Marty Skrull in professional wrestling. The villain to this mm -hmm was one of the most over guys in the company. This is prior to him becoming uh, one of the main bookers on the show. Um, and, and we already talked about G1 Supercard. Matt Taven, who the crowd did want to be in the world title, won it, but we wanted him to win it six months prior. Mm -hmm. At this point, Marty Skrull was the, was the name and was one of the most over guys in professional wrestling probably needed to win the world title. Yep. I got, I got two more points here on this, and then I, I can shut up. I promise. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm dropping a lot of stuff here. Um, the next one is how 
Ring of Honor books their shows? Mm. And and this is going to be, if Jeff Hitman Hall was here, he would probably slap me and tell me to never talk about this again. Uh, but I think this is valid. I think this is real. Ring of Honor doesn't develop storylines enough to promote for a for a full-time television show currently. And previously in the past, I have felt that way. Uh, we have ongoing storylines in terms of Flip Gordon versus Bully Ray that drove people away from Ring of Honor because they were very tired of Bully Ray. Yep. Uh, but like... What what is a main storyline happening in Ring of Honor right now? Right now, it's I mean it's all about faction warfare. Sure. Um, nothing. I mean nothing specific though. It's all four factions feuding together at the same time. So uh, my my big point on this is uh, the last real big storyline that I was super into in Ring of Honor. Obviously, once again, I love Ring of Honor. I love the guys we talked to there. Caprice Coleman, love Caprice Coleman. Brian Malonez, virtual basement, love Brian Malonez. Love uh, him and, and Beer City Bruiser. Love those guys. Um, LFI versus the Foundation should have been one of the biggest storylines of the summer. Uh, obviously, you have superstars. You have a rising star in Jonathan Gresham. Uh, who just now mm. he's moving to the main roster or to the main event, the heavyweight title picture? Yeah, removes himself good. from the pure division to move to the world title division, Fantastic. which is good. Um, but here's where they, they gotta make moves here at some point. Jonathan Gresham needs to win the world title here. I will tell you, I think, from within six to nine months, that might even be too long. Um, <laughs> But I, I don't imagine Bandito dropping it to Jonathan Gresham. I imagine there's got to be a middleman. Uh, and I don't know what story you want to push there, but currently Jonathan Gresham is one of the most interesting things happening in professional wrestling, but primarily in Ring of Honor. Jonathan Gresham is a, is a technical wizard. He's considered by many to be one of the best wrestlers in the world. And should you go the Forbidden Door route, has a, a just huge variety of main event caliber matches that he could lead for pay-per-views. With Impact, with AEW, with New Japan, a number of them. I think people would lose their minds for ring, uh, for Jonathan Gresham versus Zack Sabre Jr. with a 40-minute go. I also think some people would hate it because they hate Zack Sabre Jr., but they'd watch it for Jonathan Gresham. I know who some people are. <laughs> but but my point being, you had the foundation and you had LFI, who were your two biggest groups at the time, arguably your biggest selling points for Ring of Honor. And I feel like that storyline was never delivered. I don't want to say well, because that's not true. With very little pomp and circumstance. You could have made this huge. You could have had weekly blow up, like just coming to blows being separated. You could have had attacks backstage. You could have had 
huge. Uh, here's here's and here's the name of that. Uh, they did. The problem was they didn't do anything with it. To your to your to your point though, yeah, is that is that they set it up for that and then they don't and then we don't get the payoff. I feel like like what they did was very minimal and and arguably for Ring of Honor it's a lot, but mm-hmm. for the current state of professional wrestling, uh, minimal. <sighs> Jeff Hall hates the screwy bullshit in professional wrestling, and I love him for it. And I think that's why he loves Ring of Honor. If Ring of Honor wants to become a main threat to professional wrestling, they need some level of it. There needs to be some kind of entertainment aspect outside of just professional wrestling. Um, it's rough. It's rough. But, no, you're uh, you're 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 absolutely right. And when we looked at 2015 best in the world, the one takeaway from that, and again, we're talking about pre all in, is the fact that we could take is that we're looking at the matches we had on that card, and then the next two show like that two pay per views, those are highlighted. Highlighted feuds, highlighted storylines, continuing down the line, and now I'll well, go ahead. Oh, oh no, no, no! I just, I also just want to point out, what are like the three most memorable things from All In? Hokey bullshit. Penis druids. Chris Jericho showing showing up as Penta. That's cool. And uh, of oh. course, the fantastic Okada Marty Scroll match. <laughs> Uh, I would actually. I you go first. <laughs> oh, um, I say that Okada scroll match went ten minutes too long. Um, I didn't. I didn't think it was as great as you perceive it to be. Um, I actually prefer the Cody uh, Nick Aldis match to that. Um, the whole it. pomp and circumstance, the match, everything about it was was was. Was an S class. Yeah, I could buy that. Yeah, I was gonna um, say exactly what Ryan said about the uh, NWA title match at all, and probably being mm-hmm. more memorable things. Well, I just but think still, the overarching story of Marty Skrull being told that he belongs in two hundred five, leading up to that moment of the Rainmaker of two hundred five, and then the hand, like, yeah, it was good because it was continuity. From being the elite of an entire build-up match, we're gonna have to look at that on our cruise discretion. Um, but yeah, no. I, the thing was is that pre-all-in and even leading up to all-in, the storylines were there, um, and then post-all-in, um, you know, you had the lead-up to the G1 Supercard, and then you essentially had a full year av- after the G1 Supercard before the pandemic shut everything down in the United States. And what do you what do you remember the most, honestly, after the G1 Supercard as far as Ring of Honor? Um, I, I have an answer. 
but I think it's more so because of an online segment that happened. Uh, Vinny mm. trying to kill Matt Taven with an axe. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. And mainly because Matt Taven got so annoyed with Danhausen online, trying to be like, "Look, man, I'm tired of dealing with weirdos today." Listen, I've I've, I've listened. DK O'Ryan. Uh, I don't believe he's on the roster anymore. Really? I don't believe so. I'll double check. I would be very surprised by that, but additionally. TK, just because I, it's been so long, I just want to remind you that you have to hold the tag ropes. Um, TK Orion is not on the uh, roster anymore. Huh. I'm very curious and surprised about that. We'll feel. I feel like that dude had a lot of a lot of uh, potential there. Very surprised we haven't seen him show up anywhere else. Um, quick, quick one-off, Matt. Yeah. Do you think that Vincent is the stopgap to put the title on Gresham? I'm so torn on that because I, I want Vinny to have a wonderful, long title reign. Mm -hmm. I don't know how well Jonathan Gresham works with the hokey bullshit around Vincent, if that makes sense. I mean, he's, I mean, he's worked some GCW shows uh, very recently. Yeah, yeah, um, I believe that, and I, and I know that, but I, I feel like for your top feud, like, you want Jonathan Gresham to beat a guy who is very good in ring and consider, like, a, I, feel, I, I feel like this comes off as a slight to Vincent, and by no means is it. Um, I really hate being this guy. Roosh was the guy. <laughs> Uh, I'm very happy Bandito got the win, but Roosh was the guy. From what I hear, yeah, Roosh is a. From what I hear, Roosh is a tremendous person. Brody King, on the other hand, is a scumbag person. <laughs> it's just not nice. From from. Now I've heard different reports. Maybe maybe other people have had better experiences with him, um, which is possible. When he well, when he when he apologizes is the day I'll get off this uh, soapbox. Uh, but until then. I hope that his days are are just endlessly painful. <laughs> the, I hope that his days are. Yeah, I hope that his days are uh, filled with unlimited violence, <clears throat> as his stupid knock knockoff group would say. I hope that he wins the lottery but loses his ticket. <laughs> He'll be drowned with the ticket. <laughs> I love. I love getting right riled up uh so yeah i feel like i feel like jonathan gresham's got to beat someone who's considered like a top class in-ring worker uh, maybe even a jay lethal i love jay lethal i love jay lethal i would love to see jay lethal tap out to jonathan gresham <clears throat> yeah it'll happen it'll um, be this road to the top story uh, and it's going to lead to Jay Lethal turning heel because he can't beat Gresham. Oh, heel, heel Jay Lethal. Listen, House of Truth Jay Lethal is the best Jay Lethal. Um, it's top class. Um, but here, here is ultimately my long-standing thought of why Ring of Honor couldn't be where AEW is. Ring of Honor never really booked to compete in terms of top caliber. 
look at what Impact had to do to be considered competition with with WWE, and it was not it was not able to like WWE swatted it like a fly. Bring in uh, that could be that that could be Impact doing too much too soon, which I could see an argument for. Impact, uh, well, TNA's ultimate fall into Impact Wrestling uh, is a conversation for another day. Um, so we'll have to have that discussion another time. But ultimately, Ring of Honor takes way too long to reward the fans uh, for rallying. Um, a lot of people think that they have a, a not great relationship with their fans. Uh, I've heard that several times. Ring of Honor has a very loyal fan base, um, but I just I go back to tantalizing Tony's time with us talking about the Ring of Honor show and how he was very frustrated with it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's might be a fair argument to talk about at this point. Ring of Honor sticks to what they know and they're good at what they know. I just mm -hmm. don't think it's something that would compete on a main caliber network. They don't do enough to be entertainment. They stick very much to professional wrestling, which us hardcore nerds love. But look at how many people that love AEW don't watch Ring of Honor. Yeah, and, you know, this is the argument that I look at it with, is that Ring of Honor doesn't have the hokey BS that WWE does. Um, um I would say that WWE doesn't have the professional wrestling that Ring of Honor does. And that is and that is from a booking perspective. There's nothing no no inflection on the talent that they have. Um, but I would say that AEW has done um, a much better job with tying some of the more hokey um, more of the hokey aspects um, in with the tremendous in um, in ring work. Um, so I think AEW is a happy medium. Um, I would agree with that. Uh, but here is, I, I got one more thing here. I apologize. This is also for 2019. Pay-per-view buy numbers. Best in the world, 2019. How much do you think it, it had a buy rate for pay-per-view. How many buys? Ring of Honor? Ring of Honor, best in the world, 2019. Well, one, at least me. Um, but I, now... Maybe not. I, you say, may, I think you were there live. <laughs> so it may not have been a pay-per-view buy. No, I thought, I thought we were, I thought we were 2018. I think we were, I think you guys went in 2019 when I could not go. Oh, um, I would say it's under 100,000. Well, you would be right in that estimation. Mike, any guesses? I was going to say like 200,000. So uh, if I'm going to spit out off of 100, under 100, 80,000. 3,500. Now, later, later that year, and now, mind you, these are for the live papers. This isn't for replays or anything like that. Look now, my... September, go ahead. Hold on. My one question with these statistics is, 
Um, does this include the people that have Honor Club? Because Honor Club, you pay for Honor Club, you get it for free. Was Best in the World one of the free ones at the time? Because I know there was a bit for a while there where Honor Club, you got a reduced price on the pay-per-view. Um, I know this last year was free. I believe that. Again, that doesn't... Again, that doesn't mean much, but um, I guess that's just something to take into consideration is that, that the potential is there, but it wouldn't, I, I don't think it would rock that number as much. Um, now, Death Before Dishonor, at the press time of this article that I'm reading in 2019. Uh, 2000. Did I say 2019? Oh, yeah, oh, 2000. Is that your, your estimation? AI yeah, again? yeah. Mike? <laughs> Death Before Dishonor 2019? Um, yep, this was in September, I believe. 150,000. 800. Oh. Well, that was, was a 77.7% drop from June to September. Now, mind you, the G1 card was in between this. I'm sorry, actually, no, it was in April. So you had a spike high in April, 3,500 in June, eight, uh, just under 800 in September. Hmm. Interesting. Now, mind you, uh, there was a major issue with uh, Bully Ray and a fan around this time that didn't do them any favors. Uh, but uh, <laughs> this is this is when he pulled the fan for heckling Velvet Sky. Hmm. Um, but oh well, yeah. You look at this. You look at this card, and it's no surprise that you get many buys. Hit me with that card. Um. Okay, so this one not too bad, Marty Skrull. Over Cole Cabana, um, PCO over Kenny King. Uh, Angelina Love defeats Kelly Klein for the title. Ugh. Array of Sunshine, Array of Sunshine, uh, Gresham over Lethal. Mm -hmm. um, the bouncers over Vinny and Silas Young in a barroom brawl. Uh, Shane Love Taylor. Shane Taylor over Flip Gordon, Tracy Williams, and Dragon Lee. The Briscoes over Lifeblood, and Roosh defeats Matt Taven for the title. So that's best in the world? That was Death Before Dishonor. Okay. Let me uh, go to best in the world for you. So I'm pretty sure best in the world is where... Did we go to this one? No, we didn't go, go to this one. Mm-mm. We went to something else. Um, so this one was Dalton Castle over Dragon Lee, The Allure over Jenny Rose and Kelly Klein, Kenny King over Jay Lethal, Jonathan Gresham over Silas Young in a pure rules match, uh, The Briscoes um, versus Eli Drake and Nick Aldis, Shane Taylor defeats Bandito, Villain Enterprises defeats Lifeblood, and Matt Taven over Jeff Cobb. I would tell you that. Well, 
this uh dishonor card is better than the best in the world card. <laughs> that is that to me is just the pinnacle of this though. They have incredible talent who are top tier in ring workers, um, who they don't really build big storylines for. You're right. Um, what's uh, Ryan? What's the biggest moment in Ring of Honor history that you can think of? Oh my gosh! Like the first one that comes to mind. Joe versus Kabashi. Okay, and that had pump and circumstance. That was big cross brand. That's big. So, I'll give you that one. So it so it's really funny about that match though. Um, Kobashi came in and thought that. Um, Joe was going to be the face because he was the Ring of Honor guy. And, you know, Kabashi was going to come in and get booed out of the building. But the fans were such a fan of his work and had a tremendous amount of respect for him and wanted to see him that they actually gave him a louder pop than, than they did Joe. So it was a face versus face match. God, I love Kenta Kabashi. It's the it's the, it's the best Ring of Honor match in history. I'm I'm sorry, and I'll and I'll, and I'll fall on that grenade. It's the best Ring of Honor match, probably one of the pro, probably one of the best in the in in the two thousands. Uh, I had a different match in mind. I love that match. I would give you that. I think that's a great answer. I was gonna say Jay Lethal becoming a double champ. Jay Briscoe against Jay Briscoe. Oh, because you watched uh, you watched referee's discretion. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, I was gonna say because also though, you had an incredible storyline, champion versus mm-hmm. champion, which is not incredibly often. Um, I mean, another answer could have been Danielson versus McGinnis, of of course, pure versus world champion. Um, but once again, you build these storylines naturally. Uh, just based off of competition, and they're huge, and they have some of these great big personalities. Ring of Honor needs to dive in more to that creative aspect. Um, they do a great job of just letting the in-ring workers do their bit. Let's get some storyline emphasis behind it. And and I mean, like, more so, um, and, and more on screen. That, that's ultimately, that's why Ring of Honor could, could not be in the same boat as AEW right now. Even even with the financial backing, even if you got Chris Jericho, even if you had the same roster, the way Ring of Honor books professional wrestling, it's not conducive for a mainstream audience. I apologize. I talked a lot there. Okay. Um, but I would love to hear anyone disagree with me. And the best place to do that is down in the comment section. Mm-hmm. Let me know. Argue with me. Tell me I'm wrong. Call me names. I can do it. My ego needs it. So go for it. Uh, and with that, I think we're a little over time now. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, God, God. Hit him with the plug. I <laughs> should never ask. Um, yeah. Socials will be in the description below. Um, nextgentn.net 
We've got a show on Halloween, Nightmare in the Old City. That one is in Knoxville. Um, this is the one you want to circle, though, because we're a bunch of local boys. Um, November 28th, um, that is next month. We're a month and a half away. NGW is coming to us. They're coming to Richmond. Um, those things are not on sale yet, but they are making announcements for that show. This show is in association with United Elite Wrestling. That is UEW. Uh, they have Rhett Titus right now, I believe, is their world champion. Um, and Rhett Titus is no slouch in the ring. Um, but Nightmare in the Old City right now, um, the one match announcement we do have is Crazy Steve, uh, which you can find on Impact Wrestling. We'll be taking on Levi Everett, uh, which I can only find as just a fantastic matchup. And then Matt so broke the news earlier. Then Matt broke the news earlier about no way. Um, I do want to point out that Trey Lamar, we finally get to see. We were going to see him um, two years ago. <laughs> Seems like forever ago. Uh, two years ago when they were going to um, come to us. And then he was supposed to be at the party bowl, uh, but, then, but then had an injury. So uh, very excited to see him. Um, also, while you're on the YouTube page, check out Referee's Discretion, the newest episode. Jeff and I watched Halloween Havoc 97. Um, it was a garbage fire of a show after the first two to three matches. So um, enjoy that. It also has a five-star classic on there. Um, it has a little bit of everything for your tastes. Um, also check out all of our other amazing content. And then you watch all this amazing content. And you're like, wow, these guys are doing a great job. You can reward us. Uh, go to kofi.com slash pwo123. It's as easy as one, two, three. And for just the price of a cup of coffee a day, you can support great wrestling. I love it. I love it. I absolutely love it. Monday Night Raw is interesting. Shannon Baszler is about to beat the brains out of someone. I'm very curious who. Um, Becky Two Belts. They're about to do my girls so dirty. Dana Burke versus Shannon Baszler. Oh, Dana. Dana, don't get in the ring. I thought Dana uh, Brooke was pregnant. No, she's not. She's wrestling. Oh. No. Oh. That was a big rumor that I don't think was ever actually confirmed. I think people kind of ran with it. Uh, maybe that was me also. I had heard that rumor as well. Uh, but, guys, it's time to go. Oh, it's time to go. Appreciate you all. Stay safe. Happy Monday. Make it through the week. We'll see you next Monday back here. Check out the YouTube for, of course, all the wonderful content coming this week. Goodbye. Good night. Bang. We'll see you next week.